Climate Watch is CGTN Radio's new podcast focusing on the impact of climate change. We have conversations with people on the front line about this critical issue. Listen to Climate Watch on all major podcast platforms and join us in taking action to save the planet we call home. Hello and welcome to The Top Story, a podcast bringing you the headlines of the day with the help of our correspondents from around the world. I'm Qi Zhi. Coming up, China expects to see a tourism boom during an eight-day national holiday that starts Friday, with 15 million railway trips already made a day earlier. Armenian officials say more than half of the 120,000 residents in Nagorno-Karabakh have left the disputed region. And the United States is facing a potential government shutdown. We begin in Asia. Friday is Mid-Autumn Festival. The festive vibe is hanging everywhere across most of the continent. In China, people also embarked on an eight-day holiday period that also includes the National Day holiday. On Thursday, travelers made more than 15 million railway trips as they went back to their hometowns or on holidays. Chinese people usually enjoy family gatherings during the festival and eat traditional mooncakes in various flavors. Lu Siray has more. As an important traditional festival food, mooncakes have shown a trend of diversification in recent years, uh, with both traditional and innovative flavors gaining the attention and favor of various consumers. And from the perspective of consumer purchasing intentions, uh, diversification of flavors and product upgrades are the main factors driving the growth in mooncake sales this year. And data shows that 28% of consumers said they have spent more mooncakes this year compared to last year. And with more variety in mooncake flavors accounting for nearly 40% uh, of the reasons for increased purchases. That was Lu Sarai reporting in Beijing. The holiday season is also bringing Malaysia a large number of Chinese tourists. Rian Melser has more. The streets of downtown Kuala Lumpur are once again filled with foreign tourists, including from the key China market. And at this time of year, they'll experience the extra color and flavor of the mid-autumn festival. With Malaysia being so close to the equator, autumn doesn't actually mean much here. So the mid-autumn festival is usually known as the lantern or mooncake festival, or both. The shopping malls in particular go all out with their displays, while the mooncake merchants go all out in their use of fancy packaging and innovative twists. Our mooncake is uh, crossover with a lot of the local ingredients like purple potato, uh, pandan, and then we, the, the butterfly peas. This year we have a new flavor, it's the durians. All is using the local ingredient with our teas. When you saw it's a green color, it's a tea is in the skin. And then others on the tea is inside the paste. Many non-Chinese buy this as the gift for their friends or their colleagues. So some of them they buy for they eat by themselves because they like the taste. Malaysia will be hoping the extra attractions of festivals like this will draw back Chinese and other tourists. This year, an estimated 16 million foreign tourists are expected to visit, still far from the 26 million that came in 2019. 
since March until today, we can see that there is a lot of uh, airline has been resuming their flight to Malaysia. They are getting more and more. So we can't expect a big volume, a big impact from China to come over. But we can see a very good increase month by month. Malaysia's tourism minister says he'll push to at least temporarily waive visa requirements for key markets such as China and India, raising hopes that visitor numbers will soon finally return to pre-pandemic levels or better. That was Rian Mouser on the tourism boom in Malaysia during the holiday season. Now to the Nagorno-Karabakh crisis. Armenian officials say more than half of the 120,000 residents have left the disputed region since Azerbaijan launched an offensive last week to consolidate its control of the region. Elo Abdavid has more. Armenians leaving their homes in the Nagorno-Karabakh region are creating a humanitarian headache for the authorities and aid agencies. Goris, just inside the Armenian border, is filling up. Young and old are arriving with whatever they can carry. Reports indicate that more than half of the reported 120,000 ethnic Armenians who lived in the enclave have left. The exodus of Armenians from Nagorno-Karabakh continues as the result of Azerbaijan's ethnic cleansing policy. Analysis of the situation shows that in the coming days there will be no Armenians left in Nagorno-Karabakh. This is an act of ethnic cleansing. This bitterness could be felt by many Armenians. Azerbaijan's authorities have released video footage of the Armenian separatist leader. It highlights the humiliating defeat of Armenian forces in the breakaway region. Ruben Vardanian has been arrested and is charged with financing terrorism. In the calm of the Azeri capital, Baku, some say Armenians can stay in the country if they respect the state law. They are leaving the country. They are leaving by themselves. Our country isn't making them leave. If they obey the rules and the constitution, they can stay. Russia's defense ministry says its soldiers have completed the evacuation of those injured in a fuel tank explosion. Armenian officials are still trying to find more than 100 people who are reported to be missing after the blast on Monday. At least 68 people are believed to have died. Back in Goris, other Armenians are arriving to assist where they can. I came from the city of Stavropol, where I saw what is happening here. I came to help my people however I can. I came to stand with my people and help them. He's a Russian citizen which has the world's largest Armenian diaspora. He now lives in the Crimean Peninsula, but felt compelled to come home. The Armenian government in Yerevan says it has prepared emergency housing for 40,000 people from Nagorno-Karabakh. But with more than 70,000 having already left the enclave, it may not be enough. That was Elo Abdafit reporting. On the Russia-Ukraine conflict, the head of NATO and the British Defence Minister have visited Kyiv to pledge more support. Nagumi Ling is more. NATO Secretary-General Jens Stoltenberg during his visit to Ukraine pledged continued support and funding for Kyiv as the conflict with Russia grinds on. His visit came after a massive drone strike against cities in the south of Ukraine, including in the Black Sea region of Odessa. This is the third time in four days Moscow has targeted the port city. Today I can confirm that NATO now has framework contracts in place for 2.4 billion euros worth of key ammunition. 
including 1 billion euros of firm orders. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky emphasized the need for more air defense systems as Russia ramps up attacks which have damaged Ukraine's infrastructure. Under such huge attacks against Ukrainians, our cities, our ports of which are important for global food security, a certain level of intense pressure on Russia is needed and strengthening our air defense is needed. British Defense Minister Grant Shapps also promised to help bolster Ukraine's air defense systems ahead of the coming winter months when Russia is expected to target Ukraine's energy grid again, as they did so last year. Meanwhile, Moscow is preparing the stage in Red Square to mark the first anniversary of referendums held in four Ukrainian regions controlled by Russia. That was Nagumi Ling on the Russia-Ukraine conflict. In America, the United States is facing a potential government shutdown. The shutdown could see millions of federal employees and military personnel sent home or working without pay unless Congress reaches a last-ditch deal. But the House and Senate continued their standoff, even though time is running out before government funding expires after midnight on Saturday. Meanwhile, U.S. Republican presidential candidates gathered in South California to answer questions on issues ranging from economy to immigration. It is Tianshan reports. Candidates get Republican presidential hopefuls clashed over a number of issues in a chaotic debate on Wednesday night, many taking a tough stance when it comes to immigration. Donald Trump failed on this as well. He said he was going to build a wall across the whole border. He built 52 miles of wall and said Mexico would pay for it. Guess what? I think if Mexico knew that he was only going to build 52 miles, they might have paid for the 52 miles. Thank you, Governor. Candidates took aim at each other, often talking over one another while asserting their positions on Trump-era policies. What you don't need is a president who is against energy independence. Ron DeSantis is against fracking. He's against drilling he's been against you did it every he always talks about what happens on day one you better watch out because what happens on day two is when you're in trouble day two in florida you banned fracking you banned offshore drilling you did it on federal lands and you took green subsidies that you didn't have to take praised for her performance in the first debate haley also received much attention for her attacks in this round Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is still far behind Donald Trump by some 43 percentage points, according to some recent polls. And you know who else is missing in action? Donald Trump is missing in action. He should be on this stage tonight. He owes it to you to defend his record where they added $7.8 trillion to the debt. That set the stage for the inflation that we have. Shunning the presidential debate, former U.S. President Donald Trump spoke at a rally in Detroit, Michigan, where auto workers have been on a strike. But instead of labor issues, his message focused on electric vehicles and their impact on the auto industry. Now they want to go all electric and put you all out of business, you know that, right? We love being with you and we love being with you right in your environment. You built this country, you love this country, and you are the ones that make our country run. You know that, right? The Republican presidential debate ended without any candidate securing a breakthrough moment, with former President Trump still comfortably leading in the primary contest, despite his four criminal indictments. That was Edith Tianshan reporting. 
In Africa, at least a dozen Niger soldiers were killed following an attack by hundreds of armed insurgents on motorbikes. Seven soldiers were killed in combat, while five others died in an accident while driving to reinforce the unit that had come under attack. The defense ministry didn't say which group was responsible. Before we go, the headlines again. China expects to see a tourism boom during an eight-day national holiday that starts Friday, with 15 million railway trips already made a day earlier. Armenian officials say more than half of the 120,000 residents in Nagorno-Karabakh have left the disputed region, and the United States is facing a potential government shutdown. And that's it for this edition of the Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports, and culture, you can subscribe to the Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Chi Zhu. Thank you for listening. <laughs>